welcome to another episode of Hot Takes. I'm your host, Ernesto, accompanied with my co-host today, Joel. And hey, we good are morning, remote everybody. Today. Good morning. It is good morning. It's very... It is very morning. It's very morning. <laughs> it's, it's very morning. We decided uh, to record early in the morning. I'm not used to that. And I, I can feel like my soul is not here yet. But we'll hasn't woken up this. either. <laughs> so today we're going to be reviewing slash discussing uh, Triple Frontier on Netflix. It's, uh, it's a pretty all-star cast. You know, Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hudlin, Pedro Pascal, and... Uh, and Adriana Aroha, I think that was one of the yeah. cast members, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty stacked cast. So what did you think of the movie? Uh, the movie on the surface, it looked like it was gonna be like your typical action movie, you know, like mm. they go in and they go out guns blazing. And I think because yeah. I had that expectation, the movie turned out to be a little lackluster. Right, yeah. When you uh, when you showed me the trailer, it, was, it felt like it was just the heist movie, right? Yeah. Essentially, Oscar Isaac's character is this like, uh, I think, uh, a cop. Essentially, he's cop a character. Um, I, a, I would say like a retired special uh, ops that has a, a a security company now. Yeah, yeah, and he's essentially cleaning up his country one uh, drug lord at a time. <laughs> and uh, this one that they're hunting down seems to be like the top, top, or at least the biggest uh, contributor to uh, drugs to his country. And uh, the trailer made it feel like it was going to be a, a Guy Ritchie-esque kind of film. You know, there's going to be heist and something goes wrong and then they get trapped in the jungle or and then, or something like that. Yeah. But but it, it, just takes, it doesn't take a U-turn, but it's, it's nothing like that yeah if it falls short of that expectation you know like we we rag on uh michael bay a lot but i feel like um, a little touch of michael bay would have helped this movie <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah that's that's right but th- there was an instance i think we both enjoyed was that there's ta- there's a lot of tacticalness to it the military-esque component of it because uh, they're a bunch of uh, basically retired uh, special ops uh, operators special ops and uh, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah but there's instances where they're able to flex their muscle and it's it's if you guys ever played a uh, like a ghost recon game or something uh, to that extent it's really just like that boiled down and it's so exciting because it's one take and yeah they're sweeping the houses and stuff like that yeah when when it when it gets to the 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 I don't want to say climactic part, but like one of the the, <laughs> the goals of Oscar Isaac was to kill this drug lord and rob him essentially because they had mm-hmm. like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, so much money that he even built the house out of money. That was a pretty cool uh, little twist. Yeah, it was. Sense. It was interesting. They said like at the beginning that the house was the safe, and when they got to the room where they believed the safe was, they were like, "Shit, where's the money?" And then out of the this fit of rage. They break into the drywall and a bunch of money just starts pouring out, and then that's when they lose their minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, oh, and essentially these characters. I uh, was it the Ben Affleck's character is the one who's pining for money, right? Yeah, he, he's out of the the main like five dudes. He's really the only one who needs it. He, he he's the one who gets like the more set up character. Because he has yeah. a family, he they forced him to retire. He could barely afford to pay his bills. He's selling condos and some shithole, 
And yeah. He can't even do that. So it's essentially he's looking for one last big score. Right, right, and uh, it's a because yeah, he's a he was, they called him Captain, right? So he seems like he's the he's the boss boss when they were special operatives. Yeah, he was the 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 leader of the the troop. And yeah, I like like you said that the the tactical aspect of them like when they're sweeping through the house and all that stuff, but also is like they have various conversations about the morality of what they're doing. You know, right. they're soldiers; they're not guns for hire. Yeah, it's uh, at the beginning of it. I think uh, it's Charlie Hunnam's character, and he's essentially talking to a bunch of servicemen and service women. And essentially, oh, stay with your country, is what yeah. he says. Like, don't work in the private sector, because essentially you're selling your soul. And I love that aspect of it, because we don't really see that side of uh, soldiering as often as we should. No, there's there's plenty of, of, you know, these special ops, Navy SEALs, Marines, Green Berets, that after they're retired with their military life, they go into the private sector, you know, private security the good ones and then i'm sure there are a a bunch of bad ones that end up you know becoming drug lords or security for drug lords and stuff like that and i like that like you said charlie hunnam was essentially lecturing the the young recruits or the the younger servicemen to be like hey look what you're doing for your country is, is 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 the honor whatever if you decide to go in after it there's no honor in that yeah exactly and it's they paint a lot they paint the picture at the beginnings like underlining that you're they're going to explore this aspect or their characters are going to be thrown into that kind of choice where they have to choose moralities even after uh it's a full spoiler podcast by the way i keep forgetting to put that at the beginning but uh they when they do reach uh, lorna which is the drug lord's uh the main drug lord and they sweep in and they basically just they just kill everyone yeah well the (laughs) first first they go in and they're subduing people you know, right. They, they they taser them. They chloroform them. They tie them up because all they want to do <laughs> is kill the main the main drug dealer and rob him. But yeah. when it when they have their window of like forty minutes when his family goes to church because it's a if you didn't make the connection, Lorena, it's a South American drug lord who's very religious. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's how he justifies his. Uh, his atrocities but uh (laughs) when that window closes because they they find more money than they anticipated Hmm. you know it turns out that uh the house itself is built out of money the walls are are filled with money so they they start to get a little greedy and their window closes so the family comes in and they're like you know what we're just gonna go out guns blazing and they they do the sweep of the house where like all the, the 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 bodyguards that were subdued they just they just shoot them. They just start shooting them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like whoa, what the heck? And it's it's Pedro Pascal who's the one who's walking around executing people and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it, it's like whoa, this is crazy. And then they're uh, they're driving away. And then uh, he's like, we don't leave bodies like that. And I was like, can you do it more, though? Because that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like that's where the, the movie starts to not fall apart, but it, that's the, the pinnacle of it. You know, where mm. at, it, it's like two hours and like an hour and a half, it's them walking through the jungle carrying cash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if that was a 100% necessary. You know, you could have cut to the the rival gang or the the drug lords uh remaining 
army gathering like whatever intelligence that they can to track these people down yeah after this point yeah you're he's joel you're completely right i don't know why i said your name <laughs> you're completely right it's it feels like there's no more stakes in the movie other than you know the morality and the ethicalness of you know killing children or stealing money or just you know money in general but after that it's uh, we don't get any any you know villain role and not villain in the sense of a bad guy but we don't get any opposing force anymore really until towards the end yeah the last like 20 minutes that's the the lackluster climactic battle that they had and yeah when you watch the when the the, the listeners watch, decide to watch the movie if they do you could understand why cuz they they probably spent their budget on on travel <laughs> and music cuz they had fucking Fleetwood Mac they had Metallica they had CCR just playing and you're like okay maybe some explosions come on give me something else yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, I remember there's. I think it was the third song. It was it was CCR. Run through the and, jungle. Uh, run through the jungle, and then like it cut off. I was like, okay, that's all they could afford. Yeah, the CCR. twenty seconds of, of CCR that they could afford. Same with Metallica. They was uh, it was just what the opening bit. It was and the a little opening, bit of the lyrics. Yeah, it and was. Then that's it. It was the opening for uh, uh, for whom the bell tolls. And then at uh. the end was another Metallica song. I think it was like Fate to Black or something like that. But yeah, you could only <laughs> afford like 30 seconds of each song. And maybe, you know, some pyrotechnics would have helped. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, It becomes really uneven. And not even uneven to the point where you fall off, but it just becomes what's the conflict that would... Uh... That would be overarching. Yeah, the, the, I'm I'm seeing here that the budget was 115 million US. Hmm. So taking into consideration that the movies today are like in the two to three hundred million range, you know, this isn't bad. And yeah. I feel like they could have done a little more creativity to to give us that that climactic battle that it seems like the movie is setting up for. You know, as they're escaping. They, because they're carrying a, a lot of cash, their helicopter that they hired to to fly to the to the Pacific Ocean wasn't making it because it was too much weight. And then from then on out, when they crash land, the main conflict was them within themselves and the money. Right. There yeah. wasn't any really much anything else. Spoilers. Spoilers. In case yeah. you no, well, Again, just in spoiler. case you know. <laughs> no, no, in terms of like that's literally it. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's, 100% there's nothing it. really, nothing really else. Uh, it, which is a shame, not a shame and a good thing, I suppose, because the cast is pretty phenomenal. I mean, they're all very in their roles. Yeah, they're very, they're very well like immersed in in their in their roles, like you said. Yeah, Oscar Isaac, he's the one who puts this together, and yeah. then he goes off to look for his former. Uh, platoon mates and convinces them to do one last job you know that one last hurrah but yeah. that's when their their morality starts to kick in because they were soldiers not guns for hire yeah yeah and he and, convinces them that yeah. it's like a few hundred million that this dude has no not even that right it's like 30 million or something like that 22 something he, he said like the low millions but it ends up being a lot more than they anticipated yeah, and then Ben Affleck's character, he just goes crazy, and he starts uh, piling it all in. 
and stuff like that. Because I, I feel like not a lot of them, they don't really need the money as much. I I feel like it would have been a nice boon. Because what? Uh, Benny's character, Benny and Ironhead, which is a Charlie Unum and uh, Garrett Hudlin's character, they're basically brothers and they're, they're like in love with each other. Yeah. I like, well, in terms of, you know, brotherly love and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, Pedro Pascal is, is feels like that kind of jokester. But uh, he doesn't like he he's obviously he's shell shocked and PTSD'd out of what he did with them, like you could tell with the he well, he, he had a cocaine rap right kind yeah. of alludes to a a drug addiction stuff so they they they're very multifaceted characters from a uh, a typical soldier coming back home, but uh, the the movie doesn't really explore any of them in in an extent as they sh- really should with like Ben Affleck's character or Oscar Isaac's character. Yeah, there was that one like minuscule moment when after um, I guess you could say it, Ben Affleck's character gets killed uh, they're they're dealing with what just happened and I, be- I think it was Pedro Pascual who asked how many people he's killed they've killed and yeah they were which like, is awkward <laughs> yeah you know they yeah. were like why would you want to know that and I, I think I, if I remember correctly it was Pedro Pascual who actually had the count of people he's killed mm. And uh, they were like, "Damn, why? Why would you know that?" And you could see there that there is a, that morality that Pedro Pascal, even though he's a soldier, taking a life still bugs him. Yeah. And uh, e- even children. I yeah. mean, yeah. Even <laughs> Ben Affleck's character is like, "We should have killed," because uh, they 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 crashed down into a village, and apparently, like, they're these villagers are cocaine farmers. Yeah. But uh, they're always they're very though. staunch. Beautiful, right? Like the scenery yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very nice ideal I, idyllic shot. Yeah, very sweeping vistas and stuff like that. So it's it really uh, brings the country's uh, greenery into focus. Yeah, right? it's very nice and it's very uh, unsettling just because there's like villages scattered around. So you you shouldn't really uh, not comprehend, but you know. Uh, overstay or welcome even though yeah. you assume that no one's here this place probably is owned by somebody yeah right but uh he goes in and essentially they just kill the villagers or at least the main villagers they killed like three or four of the villagers right they were the, the right the, uh pedro no not pedro Pascual, oscar isaac which is weird because i've never heard him speak spanish even though no, even though he's he's he was born in guatemala mm-hmm so he does know Spanish, but he he was flexing his Spanish muscle in this movie like a lot. He really was. I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved I liked him it too. and Pedro Pascal's character when they first met. They were all speaking Spanish. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's there's the confrontation. There's the having the confrontation with the villagers because they crash land and they drop a whole bunch of money, and the villagers were like, oh, look, free money. <laughs> but they were like, hey, get get away from the money and stuff like that. And then um, the villagers assumed because they're gringos that they were the DEA agents, right? And, that was, which is kind of funny, I, I suppose. Yeah, and when one of the, the the villagers makes the move to like grab a gun or something, that's when they open fire and they end up killing one or like three or two or three of the villagers. Yeah. And uh, that's where Ben Affleck essentially, you know, signed his demise because as they were exiting the village, there was this one kid that was standing in their way. And then the like the the villain shaman or whoever was like, hey, they paid the debt. I do know how much people cost. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, I mean, 
we live in a, in a society that has, you know, human life as priority. Mm. There are places in the world where that's not necessarily the, the, the aspect. Mm, yeah, I so, see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that kid is the one who ends up killing uh, Ben Affleck as like an act of revenge. Right. Yeah. And um, it's uh yeah, it goes very full circle. Mm-hmm. It's like like oh, that's uh, the stuff that you this uh, what is it? Do you seeds that you reap? No, you reap your rewards. You sow the, the the seeds that you reap. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And it's uh, it was kind of sad to see because the character was was kind of lightening up to this money. Like oh yeah, this money is probably we're gonna die for it. It's probably not worth it anyway. And he was also really the only one who was built up to actually have something to lose. Right. You know, which probably signed his demise at the beginning. Yeah, that was probably was the big fucking red flag since the beginning of the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like that at the end where, you know, they were able to make their escape with like $5 million, which is blew my mind because for me, I always thought like $5 million, like a million dollars would have filled up a room or some shit, you know? Right. <laughs> But somehow they, they get away with $5 million and they all decide to give it to Ben Affleck's family. You know, yeah, rightfully which so. which is... Right, right. Which is uh, something expected, I mean, considering that he's the one who needed it the most. Yeah. He's the one who had the most backstory and stuff like that. Yeah, you could kind of uh, make uh, yeah. the, 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 the argument that also Pedro Pascual's character, because he was like, oh, I have a, a little one at home and my wife isn't going to let me go, but he ends up going anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, they just uh, this. That's the one thing that's uh, that's very uneven about this movie because I uh, I, t- I tr- we we try not to be very pessimistic when it comes to movies. You know, like it doesn't make sense or it doesn't suspend our disbelief. But when this movie cut, co- I was going through this movie. It felt like I was I was looking for reasons to uh, to find conflict. You know. Yeah, just because there was. For the majority parts of the movie, there was lack of conflict. Yeah, they're like you said. They're they're basically it's a Lord of the Rings esque, where they're <laughs> going through the jungle and they're talking about the, the morality of things, and which is fine and all, but we don't really see to some extent the payoff with that, other than with Ben Affleck because it's it's the greed, right? You could see his character turn from this very uh very hometowns the world has chewed him up and spit him out but he's trying to make his way to this like all-out greedy dude to like okay let me go back money isn't everything and then he gets killed yeah i mean we say greed but looking back at it maybe is just his way of expressing his desperation mm. you know because like yeah, he has point, yeah. a 15 year old at home which did they really say whether or not he was married or not like uh, they alluded to that they're separated. Yeah, so he yeah. he has actually something to 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 fight for, and they had him selling condos, but he wasn't really good at that. And I I, I kind of remember whether or not they were like, hey, I'm about to lose my house or whatever. So he needed yeah. he needed that money fast, and then when he got he got when they saw that there was a lot more money than they had anticipated, maybe he's like, hey, look, if I if we could get out out with uh, more then I'll be set for life. Like, for sure, for sure, you know? Because in today's right. age, a million dollars isn't a lot of money. It's a lot of money for us who don't have it, but... 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like, you remember in um, Austin Powers? Mm. In the first one, when uh, oh, Mr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Evil defrosts, and so like, I want a million dollars, and everybody's looking at him. He's like, what's happening? And then number two is like, a million dollars really isn't a lot of money, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, he's like, 60, like 64 mil billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. It felt like that, that character... Uh, it was very sad because you know Ben Affleck's this this tall dude and he's like in this little uh, in this little condo trying to sell it to this couple. Yeah, just towering over him like this man, and he still had the, his Batman bod. <laughs> so he was like, "This motherfucker would just brand me right here and right now." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what it reminded me of, especially seeing him. Mm-hmm. It it reminded me of art the beginning of Army of the Dead. If you guys haven't seen Army of the Dead, it's essentially uh, it's kind of like the same thing, but with zombies. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Baptista, uh, Baptista is essentially that you know that elite character who is not really shunned, but you know he's he's flipping burgers. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. He was like completely out of the role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so here's Ben Affleck's character, and yeah, he's trying to make his way you know, through life and he's selling condos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you like and what didn't you like and what was surprising of this movie for you? So, uh, we, I feel like we already talked about what we, uh, I didn't really like the, the uneven bits of it. I, it. It didn't, it's not to extent of it had conflicting tones and themes. There's obviously a theme and that theme was greed once. And then uh, the atrocities of war and how it changes a person yeah but uh i do they set like in in a screenwriting sense they set the bomb up but but they didn't make it explode and it rippled down the consequences until the very end of it until uh right yeah and the very end it wasn't really that like satisfying right yeah and it's that's and i was like that's the payoff for it yeah what about surprising or the stuff that you liked. Oh, I, I think the action, honestly, like the tra- the trailer made it feel like it was gonna be a Guy Ritchie film, so that kind of made it make funny, and to some extent it was, with the jokes and stuff like that. But the brutality to the violence, I I love when when violence is just sudden and it's just reactionary. It's not uh, dramatized like in the '80s and '90s stuff like that. Yeah, like when when they were when they were done sweeping the house and they were taking the money, and the guards came in, and then that's when they turned it on. Yeah, yeah, they're just going down. It's like even when they're like, there's another van, and they're they're very cold and calculated, and it's creepy. It's almost inhuman. Yeah. And I love that even with the villagers, the villagers was was a, a uh, some extent of the inhumanity to you know you have to turn your you have to kill yourself to be able to kill someone else, and mm-hmm. you kind of see that, but you see the the reaction to it, right? They're like Ben Affleck's like, oh my gosh, I just you know killed them on a whim and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, the surprising part, uh, I was surprised at how how much walking and stuff like that was. <laughs> You know, especially towards the end. Uh, towards the end, we we find out that oh, the the bad people, they uh, the remnants of Lorna's uh, crime empire have gathered their forces to, I guess, every uh, pier on the coast. Like they, they they got there first, and essentially they uh, they have child soldiers with teenagers and, and uh, with adult uh, officers and stuff, right? 
And uh, essentially, it felt like spring break because when we do meet those, they're trying to get Ben Affleck's body out of the the country, and these character the the teenagers are literally teenagers to the point where it's like kind of hilarious. Yeah, the 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 one we did get to see full on was uh, uh, the moment when they were making their way into the village or around. They stumble mm. on a a guard. And you could clearly tell that the kid is freaking out. You know, he would never <laughs> in his in his life anticipating meeting up with these uh, trained sur- soldiers. And uh, yeah. I, I guess Oscar Isaac it, trying to uh, de-escalate the situation shows him some humanity. But at that yeah. point, it's already too late for them. So they have to make their escape as quickly as possible. Yeah. You know, there was the scene when they were contemplating whether or not to go around or go through. I was like, go through, you know, this is what the movie <laughs> needs, go through. But again, it's that, that morality of the uh, and duality that they were gripping with because they are soldiers, you know, they're not murderers. Yeah, and it, yeah I, exactly. I, I guess it's kind of like silly to make it, the distinction like that because... What separates, you know, killing somebody in a war than just killing somebody in in normal every day? Yeah, you know, yeah, it, exactly. And and when it comes to the the kids, uh, to a degree, I I feel like I I'm with the soldiers, right? Like like they're kids; they don't have that choice, right? That's forced upon them as even with now, mm-hmm. right? Especially with any view or any political standing, where they're we're trying to mold them to help us right yeah. not letting them do what they want to be but when it came to you know the adults you know the people who probably have done more atrocities than the teenagers like yeah i agree with that but as well but they, apparently that those moments are what stuck stuck with them more than that you know yeah i mean it's it's a situation where unfortunately um, my parents country it's all too real you know like there are these kids who don't really see a way out and these drug dealers, drug lords offer them, uh, you know, money, they offer them wealth, they offer them stability mm-hmm. and they end up going for it. You could, you could clearly see this, this movie highlights it like perfectly because they are baby teens, you know, maybe the oldest one you could say is like 16, 17. And yeah, I'm sure yeah. at that point they're already hardened criminals. Yeah, and it's it's unhinging, and I hate <laughs> that it's at the end. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's something that feels like they it would have been a good turning because in this, I understand that it's a very uh, it's a very PTSD kind of movie. You know the ramifications of war, but they're also characters, and we would like to see those avenues. And unfortunately, the movie waits till the end. To show us an opportunity to flesh out the characters even more. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Uh, just on, on a little <laughs> side note from that, you, I was expecting mm-hmm. when they were going down the Rocky Mountain, mm-hmm. like that would have been like the start of the big climactic battle. You know, they would have been right. they would have been ambushed from on top. And did you ever play the Medal of Honor, the 2010 uh, game? Uh... Is that the the one where they're in modern esque? Yeah, kind of setting? modern. Yes, is set in Afghanistan. Yes, yes, I know, huge letdown of a game, but there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was another game that was billed as like we consulted, you know, 
mm. Marine SEAL, Navy SEALs and shit like that too. So it could be as, as accurate as possible. And, you know, I've, I've thankfully never been in a situation like that. So I can't say like, yeah, this is accurate or not. But you would have expected a lot more out of the game. Well, at least I did. <laughs> even even the trailers, the commercials for the game, you know, they had uh, some dude sitting there with his face covered talking about how realistic the game was. <laughs> right, and, marketing. And, yeah, and that that moment in the movie reminded me of a mission where really the one of the only good missions of that game was they were being ambushed from the bottom and they were all running out of ammo. It looked it felt like it was desperation. And then last minute, the the birds come in and, and save them. You know, I I felt like maybe something like that would have would have helped the movie a, a lot because, like you said, there was so much walking. They spent like like an hour of them just trekking through the jungle, making Pretty their much. way to the coast. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's uh, I, I understand it's it's those moments where you have to uh, like they look at the character. And stuff like that, and like, why are they doing this, and why are they having them walk? For what, for the most part, they just they're just walking, and it's not it's not to nitpick, but literally, they're lit like the scene you said when they're walking on the cliffside. It's they're arguing essentially about uh, money, and uh, they're walking, and then a donkey falls over, and then everyone kind of just laughs, and then they go on the merry way, and it's kind of <laughs> like that's weird. Like then, are they are are the enemies going to find the donkey and like track them? But we don't see, we only focus on them. Yeah. We don't see a duality to the other side because I guess uh, they're not, they're, they're kind of like the faceless masses, I guess, which is also a shame because the best part of, of, a you know, uh, the, the mystifying the opposing force is to give them a personality, give them humanity, not just make them, Oh yeah, they're teenagers or they're just a bunch of pros or just like bring some context into it. Exactly. It, yeah, it's it's like I said. I feel like this movie they blew the budget on songs and scenery <laughs> because you needed it needed that. And maybe this wasn't the story that the directors and the producers were trying to tell. Maybe they wanted to tell something that was a little more grounded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, try to convey the, the 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 conflict within themselves and each other about what they're doing. But I I just don't feel like there was. Aside from Ben Affleck's character, there wasn't really that much at stake. Yeah, there uh, exactly. Even there's even a scene where he dr- drops him off in the high school, I guess, but kind of looks more like a prison, in my <laughs> opinion. But you know, they they have the little exchange where the daughter gets off, and then Ben Affleck's like, "I love you," and then she's like, "I'll miss you," and it's very sad because uh, we she he just wants to help. Yeah, right. he just wants to be this provider, but he can't, even though he's given these, you know, particular set of skills. <laughs> exactly, and uh, right. that that scene, like you, it made it reminded me as well as like they're having a conversation, Oscar Isaac and Ben Affleck's character, and Oscar Isaac like stops and looks back at at Ben Affleck's daughter, and he's all like, "Oh, she's 15 years old. She's not paying attention to anything we're saying," and they continue as if she's not listening, but when mm. Ben Affleck gets out of the car. She heard everything that they were talking about, and even asked Oscar Isaac, "Is is he going to go back to work?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so right. Yeah, she understands a hundred completely what her father does, and like you said, when he says "I love you" and she says "I'll miss you," it's like saying, "Hey, I know what you're going to do, and I know that it's dangerous, and yeah. if you die." Like I'm obviously she doesn't want him to die, but she's a hundred percent prepared or as prepared as you could be at that age, you know? 
Right, exactly. And it seems like her his career in the military is what it's it's like another aspect, right? And mm-hmm. his career in the military is what led to a divorce because it just not only did it dehumanize himself to emotions but also it detached him from them completely exactly right so we we see the inklings of a narrative we see the inklings of these characters becoming fully expressed but we don't get opportunities to uh to uh to see that but here's my question this is the third this is the third netflix film we've watched roughly the fourth yes (laughs) <laughs> right, Adam Project, like Adam Project, uh, Red Notice. Uh, I think it's then it's only like the third. <laughs> Wait, did we did we talk about um, Army of the Dead? Army of the Dead, yeah. Right, Army of the Dead as well, yeah. So, what do you think about this? Is, there are always ensemble movies. Do you feel? Uh, I feel like that's a, something that Netflix should maybe drop. <laughs> okay, just just let me put a pin in that, and I'll come back to it. But also. The the daughter mentions how he was forced to retire, Ben Affleck. Mm, so that's mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. another aspect of like the situation that Ben Affleck was living in. That's right. Yeah. So, um, oh no, we it's probably our fifth one because we also did a uh, uh, the the World War Two one. The fuck, what's oh oh, uh, what's it Munich. Yeah, the Edge of War. There you go. The Edge of War. Uh, Munich. <laughs> Was it Munich? The Edge of War? Yeah, yeah Munich, Munich. The Edge, the edge of, war. of War. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's little. That's like two people. Yeah. I'm like, I guess, like five or or three at max, three to five characters. Ensemble movies. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like because the, these types of movies, they they do have they they benefit from having like this massive budget. Mm-hmm. So I would feel like maybe if they get away from you know the big actiony type of movie rather than like you said like this docudrama <laughs> <laughs> where they right. they do have more time to you know flush out the characters develop them properly rather than have it be like hey look we only have enough money to make Ben Affleck's character interesting everybody else is going to have to do what what they can with what <laughs> you got and <laughs> right yeah, because uh, I can't help but especially when it comes to Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac's character. No offense to you know Charlie Hunnam and uh, Garrett Hudland and Pedro Pascal, but it would have I feel like it would have benefited from a more focused cast. Yeah, because we don't even see the mom. I mean, we don't see that conflict. We kind of just uh, assume that there is just because you know uh, Ben Affleck is such a good actor. Mm-hmm. Right, and Pedro, and Oscar Isaac is very uh, desperate in that sense, and you can see the acting in his in his side as well. But most of the characters are just kind of uh, fringe, you know, just kind of there, shoestring kind of characters. No offense on them, but they are just obviously not enough time to flesh out their characters other than brotherly love and uh, cocaine rap. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so let me ask you this: It's a two-part question. Mm. No. Do, <laughs> do you think things. because the 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 cast was so star-studded; it helped the movie. Or do you think if they would have gotten r- some relatively unknowns, that would have helped the movie? Uh so it's essentially uh, if the stars stars carried the movie, essentially. But it would have benefited if it was less of a star-studded cast. Yeah, so I'm saying like they would have they would have mm. had more money in the budget to spend on like one explosion. Mm. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. It's like the music. Yeah, it's uh, no no offense on uh, J C uh, Chandor or any of the script writers, but 
it seems like there is a they don't really know where the narrative is gonna go after they get the characters together. Yeah, they have the one set like Oscar Isaac has the the two part goal right, kill mm. the the bad guy and then have his contact and her sibling uh, flee the country. And once that right. happens, which was like in the first forty five minutes of the film, <laughs> you know, it's all just them walking and arguing about the money and within themselves. Right, right. So I feel like if it was a less star-studded cast, there would be an opportunity to maybe flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like. But even then, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's just an an ensemble movie. It like, it, other than Guardians, which was done fairly well, but even Guardians, they had one you know concrete line between them. They're essentially all orphans. Yeah. And they bond together through that pain. But these characters are special operative characters, and a special operative, uh, you know, soldiers. And you would think that that their shared trauma would make them together. But it's kind of just implied. And then that's really it. Yeah, we don't really get that much of backstory either about, like, the stuff they did while they were in uniform. Mm-hmm. It's all just like... It's not like in... Um, the Black Widow and Hawkeye character. I was like, oh, this is Istanbul. Or, like, <laughs> there's something implied that, that something happened that brought them closer, you know? Right. Well, we right. don't really necessarily get that in this film. Yeah, exactly. I do, honestly, there's the brothers, uh, Charlie Hunnam and Garrett Hudlin's character. I think this Ironhead and Benny Miller. And I didn't even know Ben was a soldier. <laughs> honestly, I thought, you see, honestly, I thought he was going to die because, you know, he's the youngest one. He has apparently to his brother. His brother loves him and he's full of potential. But he fights hillbillies. Yeah, exactly. You, you got the sense that if anybody was going to die, it would have been him because he got he was like more reckless. Right. You know, right. They, when he, they were sitting right. around talking about how much money each, each of them was going to get. He was celebrating the fact that they had. Uh, he was gonna buy a Ferrari, and then right. when they were in the in the film in the the house, and they saw how much the actuality of how much money there really was, he was like, "Yeah, I'm definitely gonna buy this Ferrari." <laughs> yeah, he's he seems he's another facet of that that kind of soldier, you know, the full of stars in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm with my I'm with my brothers again, and yeah. this is all I really need. But it's a uh... <laughs> so okay. So what about like an ensemble film like mm. uh, Apocalypse Now? Apocalypse Now, where like that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where one by one they start getting picked off as the movie progresses, as the story progresses. What right, so, right. something like that would have increased the or helped this movie tremendously, or do you think that? Apocalypse Now just should stand on like that trope of Apocalypse Now should just stand on its own. I, I that's that's a fantastic point. Well, when it comes to Apocalypse Now and uh, Triple Frontier, I feel like Apocalypse Now got the walking out at the first act. Yeah, but it also you know I mean? it also played around with a lot of things. You know, they were on the pontoon boat, they were on mm-hmm, walking and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it varied up the things, and there was constant danger like around every corner. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, and that fed into their paranoia. Yeah. Right. All right, but it because uh, the end battle was was like that's the explosion we're waiting for. But for Triple Frontier, 
we don't get that uh, we get it at the beginning but we don't really get much really towards the end with just kind of faceless extras right mm-hmm. that you can just pretty much dub over with the audio you don't really have to have those actors <laughs> yeah. in the scene to begin with mm-hmm. so right, what about so... restructuring this film where it's like instead of them killing the the main bad guy like in the first 25 to 30 minutes they have to <laughs> to like battle their way to it and then kill him like half an hour like an hour and a half in and then the rest is them trying to escape yeah exactly even i would even argue uh towards the end uh we see uh darker versions of themselves yeah all right because uh was it a uh, benny does do recon and uh, he sees he says there's four to six professionals Mm-hmm. So I kind of I'm like okay cool they're kind of like you but they went down to the dark side not to be sci-fi about it but if you want to be fully fleshed out and exploring what a character these characters are you could show them the what happens when they go wrong yeah or they go down that path right yeah or even have like another uh, platoon mate be part of the the bad guy's uh, security detail or something you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would have loved an intro movie uh, instead of you know the bell tolls <laughs> stuff like that. I would have liked the I would have liked a uh, a little kind of uh, uh, I don't know I can't believe I'm gonna make this comparison, but without a paddle kind of film, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we see the beginning of where they start off right, and then we uh, we're fast forward to some years rather than uh, a speech. And then uh, kind of like an action sequence at the beginning and then the title and then we, we get the characters back together. Yeah. Sort of thing. Because uh, these characters are, they do have their merit with them. That's what's very surprising. What's good about this film mm-hmm. is that these characters feel like they're, uh, they're, they explore a lot of facets of uh, what a soldier would typically go through. But uh, it does buckle under the weight of uh, like a runtime and the, I guess, I suppose, music. <laughs> Yeah, like, the movie was, let's see if I can find, uh, two hours and five minutes. Which is a lot. It's a lot, yeah, and especially a lot since, you know, 45 minutes of that was them walking through the jungle. Yeah, walk through the jungle. Run through the jungle. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like if if that was intercut with, like I said, the, the, the... the bad guys uh, guerrilla army you know getting ready mm-hmm. tracking them or something where where we got that sense of 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 immediate danger yeah exactly other than greed other than themselves. Yeah, the greed for themselves and uh, the yeah. desperation that they had exactly and i don't even even when it's like oh he might get so greedy he might kill his own teammates like no they're they're too close knit yeah for that to happen and i don't i don't see them at all like him pulling a gun on them at all no yeah that that was never like part of my my uh belief that he, he had they, they like they told him ben affleck's character several times like hey it's we gotta go and he's like no i gave him i gave ourselves an extra buffer time and they're like okay yeah. but then it was like we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go and he's like all right, fuck, we got to go. And he, you could tell that he didn't want to burn down the dude's house because it was, had a shit ton of money. Yeah. But overall, his his sense of good trumped that and wanting to get uh, out as quickly as he possibly could. You know, even yeah. even when he shot the, the villager, he's like, fuck, you know, I killed him, I acted too fast, and, and, and I ended up killing him. And Pedro Pascual was also gripping with that too because... When Ben Affleck shot, he also opened fire. Yeah, 
Exactly. And they they went back to the warrior aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And and I loved <laughs> I just loved the, like the, the it's like a switch. Right, it's a switch that we don't it's it's like that grizzled veteran who doesn't want to do this, but you know, it's it's that or your brother's lives. Mhm. But you, but a little bit of your soul, in a sense, is, is scraped away because of it. And how long can that last? How long can you help your brother without losing yourself in the process, sort of deal? So it's it's a lot of stuff that we have to build on our own. Unfortunately, the movie kind of just touches on it mm-hmm. in those aspects. Yeah. So what would you give it overall? All right. So I'm looking at the ratings here. IMDb gave mm. it a 6.4 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 70, and IGN gave it a 7.2 out of 10. Hmm. I would probably. What is pop? What is hot takes? Oh, hot takes. Hot yeah. Take. What is hot takes? I what does would... hot takes give? I think I'd give it like a six. Yeah. Yeah. Your reasoning? It's just, I like the. What I liked, I enjoyed uh, a lot more than what I didn't like. Like you said, I enjoyed mm. the tactical aspect of it when they were see- sweeping through the, the 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 house. It reminded me a lot of uh, of like you said, Call of, uh, not Call of Duty, a Ghost Recon. Uh, the the that the dynamic between the the characters, you know, the, uh, Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascual, they were essentially like brothers. Uh, yeah, Jared <laughs> Hudlin and, and Charlie Hunnam were brothers. I like that they all. Um, acknowledge Ben Affleck's role and treated him with a like a respect that he earned. Mm, they trusted mm-hmm. him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, the, the scenery was pretty. It was beautiful. <laughs> Even though my gripe with the music, I enjoyed. <laughs> I, it was, it was I, I felt like you would. Yeah, it was. I a felt surprise like you would. <laughs> to yeah. see like uh, for whom the bell tolls, CCR, Metallica, uh, Fleet One Mac. <laughs> um, but I just feel like because there wasn't that big climactic uh, event at the end of the movie, it dropped uh, some some points for me. Yeah, I I, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm ar- I'm around there six point one maybe. It's a little bit more. Yeah, I I did love that. I did love the the human aspect on delving on what war does to a person. Yeah. And I, I like the cinematography. I, I feel like Netflix produced movies. The cinematography is always on point, even if the movie's kind of lackluster. Not this movie, but you know, they're movies that are lackluster, but they're beautifully shot. Yeah. You know, they take advantage of the technology given. They take advantage of the locations given. But like you said, uh, it, the movie doesn't really have an, give a chance to flesh out these characters, and even when you do, it's towards the end. And it, and that's that's barely enough yeah. <laughs> to some degree. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay, yeah, it was it was interesting. It's uh, I thought the movie was recent. I, I thought it had came out within like 2020, 2021, but it actually came out in 2019. Right, right. That's before before the, the dark times. The, <laughs> yeah, the before the, <laughs> the before times. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's our review of uh, Triple Frontier. And now Netflix, in case you haven't been listening. It's uh, it's a pretty good movie to some degree, but it, it feels like more of a missed opportunity than anything. Exactly. Like, uh, out of all the movies we've seen, I feel like this one was the one where you could sense that the, its missed opportunity was the one that affected it the most. 
exactly and it's the cast is, is great i mean the, the narratives are obviously great but yeah that's exactly exactly what joel said yeah, if you want to see a bunch of beautiful dudes walking through the jungle then <laughs> <laughs> well that's been our shot that's been hot takes i've been your host ernesto accompanied with my co-host my fantastic co-host joel uh, thank you thank you <laughs> we'll catch you next next week on another episode of Hot Takes. Take care, be safe, and uh, watch yourselves out there. That's not a threat. <laughs> watch your backs. Protect your neck. <laughs>